1: Welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host Adam Russell.
0: I'm your host Ryan Key, and I'm your host Nick, and I'm uh, also a friend of the family, <laughs> <laughs> oh, an old friend. An old
1: friend. You're definitely old. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to make words come out of my mouth after that episode of the Book of Boba Fett that we watched today. Mm. The Book of Boba Fett. I'm using air quotes right now.
2: It was bonkers. (laughs) Bonks. It was just absolute madness.
0: It's just so telling about what we will be going through for the next couple of years. There's so many. In these last two episodes, there's just so much. We're going to get into Mandalore. We're going to get into Grogu. I think someone like Cad Bane being around and working for the Syndicate, like you get Boba's story, Eventually, I guess, whenever they decide to do another episode of <laughs> Boba Fett. <laughs> They're like, this war, you know? Like, I mean, to me, we're getting season two at least, you know? Like, I yeah, think yeah. that this, this means for yeah. sure there's more coming. We'll get into that later.
2: Did you have a thought before you saw him in the distance and knew it was Cad Bane immediately? But for one second, did you think maybe a Ewan McGregor was about to
0: show up? Well, would have had have been a Force Ghost, but oh yeah, no. For some reason, I just immediately was Cad Bane.
2: Oh yeah, am I an idiot? The Obi wan series is, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, but nonetheless, I'm I'm I was so wrapped up in nostalgia and (laughs) emotion that that's how wrong that my brain was so tied to.
0: I don't know. It was it was crazy, dude. I'm on another level. The second. There was a shot of the chimes and the wind blowing. I'm like, oh, my God, Cad Bane. Didn't even see the silhouette in the desert yet. I was like, oh, my God, Cad Bane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, It was amazing. And there's so much to talk about, so we need to get right into it. What have you done with those (laughs) plans? The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 6. From the Desert Comes a Stranger. Disney Plus description. Mysteries are explored and Boba Fett learns new information. Mm -hmm. Not wrong. Release date, February 2nd. That's today, 2022. Time of this recording. Directed by Dave Filoni. Holy Filoni! (laughs) Holy
2: Filoni!
1: Written by Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni. First co-writer of the season. First co-writer of the series, technically. Starring Pedro Pascal, Tamara Morrison, of course, Ming-Na Wen. And returning to the Star Wars universe, Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, Woo! Mark Hamill as Luke fucking Skywalker, <laughs> at least the uh, the capture performance, the voice reference, the face uh, reference and all that. Graham Hamilton supposedly is the Luke Skywalker body and face double, an actor who does look a lot like young Mark Hamill, a little taller forehead, but looks a lot like him in the like the core face zone. And Corey Burton as the voice of
0: Cad Bane. And what a voice that is. Dude. Love that voice.
2: The makeup, the costuming
0: was... Unreal, dude.
2: Next level. His teeth. Mm. God, dude, it was amazing. I was scared. I was scared. I was
1: scared. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited to see how exactly they pulled it off. Because if that's all practical, Mm -hmm. that's really next level. That's got to be some super lightweight foam latex and prosthetic stuff and or some animatronics, and or some CG help. Because if it's just all, if it's all just practical, that's crazy, dude.
2: Yeah, I loved how, you know, we've only ever seen the Marshal as, like, a really confident figure in Mm -hmm. the time he's been in in Star Wars now. And he was just straight up scared, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just fear. I was sitting there thinking, is he playing this, is Timothy Oliphant playing this, like, you know, his subtext is I'm not going to win this, this fight that, you know, there's no way. Cause that, that's what it looked like to me. It looked like he was sort of accepting his fate Mm -hmm. in that scene. And the way they were able to convey that menacing evil through that makeup and costume, it, it just really made that whole scene click for me. As far as believability, you know, believing his fear was real because if you were staring down that guy, you'd probably think that, uh, You'd seen your last double sunrise as well, yeah. you know, so
1: and he fully did the uh go get your little sister and your mama go in there and lock the door, mm-hmm. you know like that yeah, yeah. he's
2: he just the he's just the sheriff from Deadwood,
0: yeah, <laughs> he had one of those same lines too, where he was like, "I'm one who tells people what to do around here or something like that, yeah, right? yeah, it's like the same exact line
1: I'm one who tells folks what to do, yeah, <laughs> dude, and the way they they really waited for the reveal of Cad Bane's eyes. And then the music to go with it, take it to like another level of this is a dude you should be scared of Mm -hmm. was the chef's kiss, as they say. Mm. The
2: score was amazing for this episode. Yeah. It was just, it was just amazing.
1: 47 minute runtime on this one. There were some moments that were a little, a little quick. I could have, I could have watched an hour and a half of this easily.
2: Yeah. It could have just been a feature film. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For real. (laughs) But man, to think uh, even at 47 minutes and the majority of, of the episode living with Luke and Grogu. As I just said that out loud. I just said that out loud. Yeah, the majority yeah. of the episode we spent <laughs> with Luke Skywalker, you know, Jurassic Park style, spared no expense. I mean, yeah. you know, to have that much CG work done for an episode of television, we really, we
0: really are living in in the future. I mean, this is yeah. And just think about one year's time, how much better it looked.
2: Oh man. So I, yeah, I I think no. Goodness. You know, it's worth noting that. It looked pretty unreal, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, or real, I guess is the right word. <laughs> yeah. if I'm speaking proper English. It, it looked real. Yeah, it it was definitely a, a a big upgrade from from the first one. And I didn't even have an issue with the first one. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought, how, you know, we've talked about that. It's special. Why? Why do you have to be? Yeah. I have to be an asshole about everything, everyone. You know. Mm-hmm. But this looked so much better. I will say that I think it's interesting that making him look real seems at this point to be easier than making him sound real
0: yeah yeah. oh yeah yeah. you
2: know what i mean like if i had to pick something apart about it and i'm not even saying they didn't do a good job how do you how do you do it exactly right but the the voiceover was was the part that i you know i noticed if i had to say i noticed anything about it that wasn't real Mm -hmm. uh, but i don't know how you fix that yet
0: well i think i i think back to like having uh, James Arnold Taylor on and having a voice double, literally someone who could sound mm-hmm. more like Luke than Mark Hamill can at his age, but yeah. you want Mark Hamill in the fold. That's it. Yeah. You just, you want him there.
2: Well, but but they were still doing some type of computer generated. Totally. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how they're doing it.
1: It's a, mm-hmm. an audio deep fake, essentially. They right. take the performance and then they use a library of, of dialogue reference.
2: So it's interesting to consider why they might not have hired someone like J.A.T. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't think we asked him to do a Luke, but
0: I guarantee you if I call him right now and ask him... Yeah, I mean, there's someone out there. I'm just saying, like, at this point, like, that might be Mark Hamill's biggest contribution because they're pulling Mm -hmm. deep fake stuff from all this footage of Mark's career. They have a body double. Literally, the only way to have Hamill involved is for him to act and they de-age his voice. Yeah, and coach on set, really, you
1: know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would be interesting, though, is to have a conversation with Hamill about, and with like a director like Filoni or Favreau and talk about how the way you act changes over time. Like you're the same person, but you act differently, not better or worse. Yeah. Just the way Hamill portrays Luke now is different because mm-hmm. he's just an older person. Just like you get on stage and you're the same person. You have the same mannerisms, but they're different.
2: You might not be able to jump off the drum riser quite as many <laughs> right. times per show. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So that delivery... That really suits Hamill's current older guy voice doesn't necessarily suit the young voice as well, yeah. so there's i don't know how do you find that balance It's interesting, but like Ryan said, I, I noticed it too, but it didn't matter i was <laughs> I was still bawling yeah. the whole time yeah.
2: no I, it, it didn't it didn't take me out of it it didn't I, I think that's the problem people have in this toxic fandom we talk about so much is they refuse to just suspend their
0: Disbelief, you know, and like, let it happen. It just I mean, people just can't feel joy. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what to tell you. Like, anyone who, I went on a, a very small, polite tirade about anyone who's saying like, Boba Fett's not even in the show. I'm like, that's what you took away from this? You're lost. You can't enjoy the two best hours of Star Wars that we've seen, maybe ever. Like, you're lost, straight up. Go to Mustafar and have your legs cut off. You you are lost, like Obi-Wan was said.
1: Well then you are lost.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you can't enjoy this, watch Lord of the Rings. Watch something else.
1: Only watch the original trilogy. Whatever makes you happy. Truly. Just Yeah, there's that too. Do what makes you happy. Just don't shit all over everyone else all the time. We're <laughs> yeah. tired of don't it. Don't ruin other people's experience by trying to convince them that what they love isn't good. <laughs> Just talk to your other the other self loathing assholes who also hate this and yeah, you on there's your a Reddit own time for that just stay yeah. there all right let's do an overview of the plot here and then we'll get into some discussion some further discussion
2: stacy just said i remember one nick saying once imagine enjoying the thing you enjoy <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was classic i said that that's hilarious
1: <laughs> you're funny you're funny guy. well done she got a podcast <laughs> get this guy a microphone <laughs> we open on Tatooine we're in the outskirts of Mos Pelgo the pikes a couple of, like group of like 4 pikes are making a spice deal those costumes those
2: costumes so are so good dude they get better every episode
1: and that speeder yes and the whole and the cantono with the credits in it, they've got that. And then an awesome little chest that has the actual spice in it, which looks exactly like the spice from Dune. Yeah, they just flew to Arrakis to grab it really quick <laughs> exactly, and brought yeah. it to Tatooine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fresh the same stuff. Same color stra- and everything. Straight from Arrakis. <laughs> so Cobb Vance shows up, says, uh, "Around these parts is how we do things. It's my territory over here." Love Shuts it. it down. Has a little shootout. Takes out all but one of the dudes. Says, "You take the credits." leave the spice his voice the pike dude's voice was so rad yeah
2: whatever it was man it was just it's worth more than your entire town Mm -hmm. like it had this like low robotic but but also human at the same time i don't don't, so cool very cool sound design on that vocal performance
1: we then cut to a currently unnamed planet lush green planet din is arriving on this planet the first shot we get though actually is a little bitty sort of like a antenna satellite dish thing Yep. We all knew immediately. immediately it was R2D2 just like the shot from Empire but not in the snow obviously it tilts down it's R2 Din arrives in his um his upgraded Nebu Starfighter he says hey I'm here for Skywalker R2 takes him to a construction site which is all droids they're apparently building Luke's new Jedi temple R2 just makes him wait there shuts down Did you think for a minute that like they I still had
2: doubts like thinking this is cool and R2's here and I was still, you know, I had maybe Ahsoka's coming. I, I didn't think, I, I thought there's, it's probably not going to, they're not going to go all the way in on like Oh yeah, same. A, a, another full scene with Luke. I, like, I don't know. I just
1: didn't think it. I was keeping my expectations low the whole time.
0: Yes. Yeah, I will tell you why in the den, why I knew. And okay. I have so much proof. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready to learn. <laughs> Teach me. Time-stamped, dated proof. All right.
1: There was a great little bit of misdirection though there. Just like, a. Uh, uh, a teaser when that first rock started to come up out of Mm -hmm. the hill, the forest, I was like, someone's lifting that with the force. Totally. yep. But then, you know, it was the droid. I saw that too. So R2 makes him wait there, makes him a bench. Sorry, dude shuts down elsewhere on the planet. We cut to Luke training Grogu. It's all happening. Luke asks Grogu when they're on a little walk and he's doing the cutest thing where he, with the force kind of, you know, brings him up, you know, like (laughs) like, as he would pick him up, like keep up buddy, you know, (laughs) Wow. It's amazing. So cute. He asks him if he remembers back home. Kroger's like, no. Luke asks him if he wants to remember and then uses the force to help him dig up those memories. And we get an Order 66 flashback in f-ing live action.
0: Holy, holy shit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Did you all think we were going to see more Yodas though at first? Because that's where my brain yes. went.
2: Yes. I thought we were going to whatever planet yeah. or whatever system they come from. i did think okay this is this is happening but then to be honest not disappointed way more stoked yeah yeah, to see what we saw than that it's easy to just say well yeah he comes from whatever system they come from like it would be cool to see it but (laughs) dude seeing the live action clones and the blue blaster bolts again and just ah it was so sick yeah that dude everything reflecting in his eyes his like big saucer eyes there was a lot of that i
0: feel like in this episode a lot of reflection of lightsabers Mm -hmm. and stuff in his eyes I think they're going to make us wait 10 years minimum
1: to see the Yoda planet, the Grogu Mm. planet, whatever it is. I don't know. I think it's going to be better if they make us wait.
0: I'd like to counter your 10 years with five. I'll wait five. Okay, 10 is long.
1: (laughs) They're going to make us wait regardless. People are going to be pissed. Then we cut to Din. He's been waiting. He wakes up. Ahsoka is there. She then takes him to Grogu. They don't fully approach him. They're watching from a distance as he's being trained by Luke. She gives him a little lecture about Grogu, his path, the force, how this whole thing works. And Din ultimately decides, based on Ahsoka's wisdom that she imparts, to just give the gift to her. She'll give it to Grogu. They're not going to meet. He understands that it's better for Grogu, despite being just torn up. Like, just so torn up about the whole thing.
2: Dude, but he's right there.
1: Dude, it was incredible.
2: (sighs) You ever think a grown man in Beskar armor could break your heart like that? You know
1: he's crying under there, too. It was heavy. We then go directly to Luke and Grogu. Luke continues to train him. Sick montage. Ahsoka and Luke then discuss Grogu's future, which includes some great little tidbits that we'll talk about later. Din then returns to Boba's palace on Tatooine. There's a big meeting with the crew, a little war room kind of debriefing. Boba,
0: Fennec, the Gamorrean guards, the mods, Black Chrysantin, and Din... Oh, that's the scene in the Disney Plus description where Boba Fett learns new information. <laughs> we, we witnessed Boba Fett learn new information in that scene. <laughs> Big reveal. So uh, Din says he knows where to get some more people because they need
1: some more, they need some like boots on the ground, essentially. They have the muscle that they need, but they need, uh, they need numbers. So Din goes to Cobb Vanth to recruit the people of Mos Pelgo to fight the Pikes. And
2: that helped them slay the dragon.
1: Right, yeah. So that doesn't go totally as Din would like, but he's essentially like, you know, think it over. We'll reconvene, right? Cobb Vanth then looks sort of down the way, down the street, off into the distance, and here he comes through the heat waves of the desert, full, full Western style. Like just when you think Star Wars couldn't get more Western.
0: (laughs) They hit us
1: with the full high noon showdown. Cobb Vanth. And Cad Bane. Live action Cad Bane. Holy mm. shit. Mm. It doesn't go well. Cobb Vanth and the deputy get shot up. Deputy looks to be dead. Cobb Vanth, probably alive. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. We then go back to Mos Espa. Garza Whip's sanctuary. The Pikes show up. Two of them. They have a um, a Camtono of something. They bomb the place. Turns out to be like a very like terrorist style. Suicide bomb. Yeah.
2: Really. Because they're leaving the joint. And the droid calls after them. Wait, you forgot, and it blows up. Like they were still in there when it blew up. Mm.
0: Yeah,
1: so they may not have even known.
0: Quick thought: Do you think there's any percent possibility that those two people are not Pikes? Mm. They're like in disguise. It's possible. whether whatever it is to like kind of start a war, you know, like mm-hmm. Trend Ocean people in there, or yeah, anyone else really. It's possible. It's like a David Cross triple cross of your double cross. <laughs> <laughs> We then uh, we, we go
1: back to the mysterious planet where Luke is training Grogu. They're in the now-finished temple, at least the first part of it. Luke offers Grogu the choice between this gift from the Mandalorian, which he unwraps, and it's a little tiny Beskar chainmail shirt. They've made it look dumb
2: on purpose. You know what I mean? They, they made mm-hmm. it laughable on purpose because it was, it was so tiny in his hands <laughs> holding it up.
0: It looked like they, when you would, for comedic purposes in a show shrink someone's sweater, like oh yes. no, you yeah. know it mm-hmm. looked like it used to be full size, and they accidentally shrunk it. Yeah, that thing
2: said dry clean only on it, and he it. it Went through the dryer.
0: Fat guy in a little coat. You cannot dent or pierce beskar but it does shrink in the wash.
1: <laughs> the only thing that would have made it better is if it was sleeveless, like what's his name in Commando. Oh yeah, remember that dude? Yeah, that's too sexy. Shame that's it. too sexy for grogu. <laughs> so he gives him the, the choice between that. And Yoda's lightsaber, which he revealed as soon as he brought out that box, I was like, dude, dude they're gonna do it. He's gonna do it. He's doing because I was dude, I was literally thinking last night, preparing my brain for this episode, like, man, there's no way Luke left Dagobah without Yoda's lightsaber. There's no way. But there's something we'll talk about in the den which makes this more complicated. But nonetheless, that happened. He offers him between the two. He says, If you take the lightsaber, you're gonna be a Jedi. You might not see The mandalorian for who knows how long you're going to live longer than him you may never see him again Uh, or you take this and you walk the way of the mandalore and it ends on grogu's face what do you want to do roll the credits cliffhanger
2: i'm just gonna read this line it will take you many years to master the ways of the force and And you you may may never see the mandalorian again because grogu a short time for
1: you is a lifetime for someone else Hell of a thing to lay on a kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's discuss. There's a lot here. I mean, do we want to go in, in reverse order and start with that laying of this life-changing decision that spans a lifetime of several humans on a little kid and what that says about Luke and the the hubris and all the stuff we learned in The Last Jedi? hmm It's a lot. They're certainly <laughs> playing into that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that watching
2: Luke train grogu the way he was in this episode didn't tell me if you agree but there was a little air of i don't know cockiness yeah to him yeah
1: little young arrogance naivete
2: and then to yeah to make this ultimatum as we've learned so much through our time with ahsoka and you know i am no jedi that it's kind of i don't know that it's it's uh the idea of having no attachments just is it's not real you can't yeah it's not human it ta- it's it's asking the jedi to not be human beings and luke clearly has not figured that out yeah. you know i mean he's basically octoed himself already here <laughs> you know he's alone with a bunch of droids i just octoed myself <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i i think they're definitely as i hope they will lean hard into leading us into the sequel trilogy you mm-hmm. know playing off of what we learned in the sequel trilogy, and yeah. saying, "Hey, haters, guess what? Here's some more stuff about the sequel trilogy. <laughs> Enjoy it." Uh, but yeah, heavy decision. I agree, and I, I think um, shows a lot of that. Like you said, Adam, the
0: stuff we learned in Last Jedi. The the way I interpreted this after watching it literally three times, I watched it twice in a row last night. <laughs> By the way, I know you guys don't watch it when it drops. They've been dropping minutes early, like oh. within ten minutes early, like l- yesterday was six minutes early I was watching it. So kind of crazy. But it's still it...
2: by time zone, right? You got yeah, it yeah, six yeah, minutes yeah. before six mm-hmm. minutes.
0: <laughs> sure. I don't know. Yeah, I it's I just all thought, based I just off of West.
2: Of Jonah Hill and <laughs> <laughs> forgetting Sarah Marshall. Just went from six to midnight. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my interpretation. And there's, there is a flaw to what I'm about to say. But at this point, Luke's the only, he's the elder Jedi in the galaxy. And he probably is literally learning everything he's learning at this point on his own from books. Yeah. So we know that the Jedi council, everyone, they all stuck to books and what the Jedi was and were very hardline Jedi. So I think this is where we see Luke not having a mentor kind of showing where he's going to be hardline and be like, sorry, you got to pick one where Mm -hmm. someone like Ahsoka left the order in order to not be a hardline Jedi. But I feel like, They're showing Luke kind of be a hardline Jedi here, which ultimately is going to lead him into the sequel trilogy of how he acts and everything that goes down with Ben and all that type of thing. So that's my interpretation. Obviously, there should be, though, every Force ghost ever that could lead Luke down a different path. So that's a little bit of a plot hole, I want to say. But I'm gonna guess on screen what we're gonna what we're gonna see from Luke is him being like this hard line by the book Jedi because that's all that exists right now. Yeah,
2: I don't recall the exact line, but somewhere along the way, does Force Ghost Obi Wan not say I cannot interfere? Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. There's something to getting directions maybe from them, and it it's a gray area, right? Because you will go to Dagobah. Is that not interfering? But.
1: Well, I, I think I think what Obi-Wan's point was, it, it was that if Luke was going to go against Yoda's advice to stay and continue his training and not go try to save his friends, that's where he could not interfere. He's saying, you're not ready. Don't be tempted. You're going down the dark path if you go try to face Vader right now. It's just like, it's too dangerous. So that
2: that falls in line with Nick's plot hole then, you know, if we're trying to explain this to ourselves, he's not ready to teach an entire yeah. class of Jedi. He's not, yeah. he's not a Jedi master. He doesn't, he, you know, he hasn't studied the texts in any way. I mean, we kind of get the joke that Yoda never really studied them. He, like yeah. page turners, they were not,
0: but I guess my point is that he is only studying the text. So he's going to get some very definitive. He's not, yeah, no wiggle room. Type but he stuff. doesn't,
2: he doesn't, he, he didn't study them like from being a youngling, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, I guess that's what I'm saying.
1: Like he he didn't study them with guidance. Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. He didn't have an instructor breaking down, you know, read chapters four through six tonight and come back tomorrow. (laughs) You know, that wasn't happening. So he's winging it. And maybe, you know, that is a similar situation where we can't interfere because you've gone off book and you are trying to do this this thing that you know we wouldn't necessarily advise i can't imagine yeah. yoda or ben uh, obi-wan i mean he, he's an old pal of mine so we just i you know call him <laughs> yeah. by his local name um i can't imagine any of them saying yes we we took we fully endorse this idea and you're prepared to start a jedi academy on your own with no no other living jedi to help you great that's what the, there's no way so you know maybe this is a situation of we're not going to interfere because this isn't something this isn't a path we would set you on
1: yeah it 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 goes back again to Yoda saying you are reckless. Yeah. When he first was debating on whether or not to teach him at all, mm-hmm. even though he said pass on what you've learned, that I've always taken that as more like teach Leia. Agreed. Build a whole school is a whole different kind of thing. Agreed. So yeah, it's kind of like oh, so so you got the, you think you got this kid? Okay, well good luck. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of where they are. Dude, I also connected to this whole thing of. Hey, hey, little buddy, choose, choose now for forever, for the rest of your life. I, I really connected to that, having grown up Catholic and being, it, it being assumed at the age of 11 that I could confirm my Christianity with, you know, confirmation. You get baptized as a kid, then you have to like, oh, you're 11. Now you're old enough, right? You believe all this stuff, right? 11 year old, you know, <laughs> or even like getting married really young at 22, 23 years old, like it, till, <laughs> till death do us part. Like, you're 23. Yeah. What? You know, same kind of thing. Like how do you expect a human being to to have the capacity to do that? Patrick Merton, patron in the in the chat, mentioned being Mormon, mm-hmm. growing up Mormon, and reminded him of quote, voluntarily getting baptized at eight. Eight years old, you know, so same kind of thing. So a lot to put on
2: a kid. And and Luke Luke has suffered a lot of loss. He's yeah feeling that, you know, Nick, as you said, the, the text, you know, the true mm-hmm textbook teachings that you can have no attachments and feeling that that's the way you know feeling like that's the way he needs to instruct his pupils i mean that's just clear it's like you can't if you put this on you're always going to think of den and it's it it could hurt you and you know it can make you vulnerable because the galaxy is a dangerous place grogu you know
1: i just it's too heavy of a choice to lay at his feet also on this grogu's decision of choice this idea um of letting him decide that even Ahsoka was like, you have to let him decide, just like you let him decide where he was going to go, you know, at the end of season two. Supposedly this is taken directly from Shogun Assassin, the film, the film version of Lone Wolf and Cub, which the Mandalorian is completely based on an old um, Japanese film and a novel graphic novel in Shogun Assassin. A samurai offers quote offers an infant, the choice of a ball or a sword. (laughs) I mean, Sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, sounds right. There's also some symbolism here with the lightsaber versus the armor. The armor is worn out of fear of harm, right? It's something meant to protect. Jedi don't believe in fear, so there's that contradiction there. Lightsabers only used to protect themselves and others, but they don't brandish it. It's not it's not a weapon as much as it's uh, for defense, right? So there's there's some parallel there. And the Mandalorians feel their most precious metal is for protection only, not to be weaponized. So it's all kind of all these concepts that are intertwined. It just all seems like similar philosophies, call them religions, call them whatever that have, have points that perfectly line up or and are based on the same concepts and the same innate fears of a, of a conscious being, but different interpretations. And people may like go more hardline on this or that particular aspect of it. So really familiar. Grogu crushing the training remote.
0: We may have mentioned this earlier. Hmm. That's that darkness that mm-hmm. we were talking about. Well, there is in the, there's like the light motif of this music that came back from like a very synthy darkness. So they're not really being secretive about that. They're they're for sure when he crushed that and they, Ahsoka and Luke said something, the music turned into this like synthy, like end of Mando season two darkness.
2: Also Luke in a very Peepaw shiv way, it goes very good. <laughs> yeah. When he crushes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, so if we pick up on the darkness, Luke clearly does, and he almost encouraged it in a way, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I don't know if we should read into that or not, but I, I love this is you know for later in the episode speculation or whatever. But I love, I love it. I love the idea that where it's really going and the reason Grogu isn't in anything that we've seen after and isn't like this big featured second coming of Yoda is because. Maybe he turns. I don't know that we just saw the first snippet of what the trauma he's been through, and we have no idea what's coming next, and when it all when it comes down to it and he fully realizes his powers, he's just out I don't know out for vengeance or something like that. you know I love that idea. Yeah.
0: I mean, I will reiterate what we've definitely said when we were covering Mando last year, just for if there's any new listeners, but imagine a world <laughs> where we watch the fall of Anakin Skywalker over the course of films and TV series for five to 10 years. Like imagine in order, we meet young little Anakin at the Phantom Menace and go through for 10 years, say through the end of return of the Jedi. And we watch it all happen in real time. How devastating that would be. Like, what if they're just telling that same exact story, but with little green Grogu Mm
1: -hmm. where we're
0: going to watch this. We, they made us fall in love with him and we're going to watch him fall and be Mm-hmm. bad little green-eyed or red-eyed green yoda yeah and that's the you know that's where we're heading years from now where i love it then he <laughs> needs to be redeemed at the end you know it's literally yeah. the same story over but we're gonna live it in sequence basically mm-hmm. okay, dude I, I don't i don't know if they're willing to go there but i, yeah, I who knows? i hope they are
1: i just
2: think there's a writer's room scenario where that first idea was what if there's an evil, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what, what's the line in the last Jedi powerful light means powerful dark, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like maybe there isn't a system full of Yodas. There's a balance of, of these two, you know, or something. I just mean that like, I'm trying to think in Filoni brain Yeah. when he's creating this story, Fabio Filoni, like they're like, well, we've had this, we've had good Yoda. What if there's a bad Yoda? <laughs>
1: yeah. And
2: that was the whole sto- concept. How do we tell the story? And now we're seeing the through line through Boba Fett. We're going to see whatever ha- happens with Grogu and Ahsoka and, and Obi-Wan. And maybe, yeah, maybe that's like a part of what happens here. But I don't know. I, I think that could have been certainly on in the writer's room. Like, yeah. this, here's my idea. A bad Yoda. And everyone's like, <laughs> yes.
1: Cool. Where do we start? Or this takes the cautionary tale of Anakin Skywalker yeah, and shows Ahsoka how to get Grogu off that path before yeah. it goes as far yeah. as Anakin went. Totally, because there there is there's that same arrogance we're seeing it well, in Luke. It didn't go as far. Well, I'm saying, if, I'm saying you could be right because it, we know it didn't go that far
2: because we get to the sequel trilogy and we've we've seen the, the what happens after this part of the story, right? And he's not involved in any way. And you'd think if he was this all powerful dark side user, or whatever, that he would right. he'd be involved somehow. So, and they know that writing this story, like we can't just not have him in the sequels if he's supposed to be this thing. So I think you could be right. Like if he carries on and, and they're doing what the bigger picture, bigger story they're developing here, if Grogu's going to be a part of the Ahsoka series, especially like you're saying, sure. I, I think he could go real far within the confines of this storyline we're now watching with the Syndicate mm-hmm. and Ahsoka and his training, but it could be stopped before he's able to, you know, accomplish whatever. Yeah. Whatever this vengeance is, whatever this... Wherever that darkness for crushing the remote comes from.
1: Even a, a much smaller story, safer, less um, make every little kid cry version of that interpretation it could be... That's not fair. I it, cried. It, it's it, it's just that um, we're seeing that same arrogance in Luke that we saw in Anakin, where you can kind of like toy with the dark side and um, you can flaunt your powers. Yeah. Like, yeah, crush that training droid, but it doesn't have to necessarily turn Grogu into a little Darth Vader. Right. So moving on, let's talk about Cad Bane for a minute. He's amazing. Like we mentioned earlier, there's a good quote where he says, you should have kept your armor about Cobb Vanth losing the armor, giving it back to uh, Boba Fett. So he must know about Boba and Cobb having interacted. He, it's weird that Cobb Vanth doesn't know Cad Bane, but Cad Bane does know that Cobb Vanth used to have that armor.
0: Yeah. How's that all that going to play out? either that's confusing or there's a little bit more story to be told
2: i don't know or it's just you know local lore right you know he's gotten to tatooine he's down in the trenches with the syndicate setting up for this war and what's going on well you know boba fett's back you know he's a bounty hunter that worked for the empire the whole story everyone thought he died lost his armor this guy had it it could just be that you know I, i don't know that it has to get like the fact that he's there, that Cadbane is there on Tatooine is enough for me to know, to go like, okay, well, that's how he knows the story. He, that's how he knows what's yeah. happening around town, you know?
0: I loved a little bit of reverse psychology. I think it's one of the last lines he says. He, Cadbane says something along the lines of, uh, Boba Fett is a cold blooded killer who yeah. used to work for the Empire. I'm like, yeah, so were you, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a saying for that. Yeah, he's
1: just trying to play with with the cards he has there he's trying to you know he's trying to manipulate we mentioned this early earlier Cobb Vanth is probably alive deputy's dead as hell he got shot three times but Cobb just took one shot and the the, I'm looking
2: at the script right now and they have all all of the little rumblings of the townspeople somebody get him we need some help call a doctor get a med pack is he okay grab the stems yeah. The Marshall, stims sorry s t i m s. Uh, the marshal is he breathing? Come on, get him, get him. There's something wrong with the marshal. Somebody help! Come on, bring him inside. He's alive. Yeah. I th- I think I caught a little breathe a little breath too. A very deliberately overdubbed like yeah. grunty breath to signify like he's not all the way 187 yet.
1: You know who is definitely hella fully dead as a doornail 187. Old Max Rebo, Garce of Whip.
0: We didn't see Max. Everybody. We saw uh, the Figrin D'an looking dudes yeah, and then the drum. Me, we didn't see Max.
1: He could have been out back having a smoke.
0: <laughs> that would be
1: amazing if he just keeps surviving explosions of every like all his gigs. Yeah, like, yeah. dude, gotta find another
0: gig, dude. Like stuff keeps getting blown up. Can you It's like I can't even play a show without an explosion. Yeah, I hope they didn't act Max Rebo in the next episode. It's like Max Rebo's dead. It's like, no, you killed him <laughs> off screen. But dude, that, that moment is the kind of stuff that
1: I think most people were expecting right off the bat and have been waiting for that really gnarly, like mafia terrorism kind of vibe. Mm. And I'm glad it's finally happening. I think that that would be my only, like the main change I would make if someone said, what would you change about the first four or five episodes? More gnarly mafia stuff like yeah. that. Even if Bobo was still like, mm, uh, what do I do? That would have raised the stakes a little bit if it was, like, everybody trying to whack everybody in town, you know?
2: I think they saw the two roads and chose the flashback road. Yeah. They leaned so much more of the time and production and story into how he got here than what's actually happening here. All right, let's move on.
1: For over a thousand generations. It is the dark run or- to oh, gosh. It's
2: a calicore.
0: A Sith wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. It's only the second year.
1: There's so many little references and Easter eggs in this episode. We're not going to get to them all. When we do a full uh, season wrap up, we'll probably get into a bunch of the nitty gritty that that we've missed. I've already seen a dozen things that we've missed for the past five episodes. So we'll get into them. But we do have a bunch of good ones. So to start it off, the new deputy, who's already dead, it's an actor named uh, J.J. Dashenaw. I want to say is how you say his name. Who is actually the stunt coordinator for the whole Mandoverse. All of this uh, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett stuff. So, a little screen time as a regular person for him. He did. He did. In the Order 66 flashback, one of the Jedi could possibly be Sin Dralig from a Clone Wars episode called Sabotage. And in Revenge of the Sith, in live action, he was in a hologram. If you go to Wikipedia, you can see a a photo of the actual actor. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet, but looks quite a bit like him. Luke's temple. So it looks quite a bit different from the images we see in The Last Jedi, although it's the same style, that dome style. The planet does look a little different. It seems to be more of like a, a big empty meadow kind of thing, or at least after the whole thing's been burned down
2: there's i'm looking at it right now there's tons of trees and green grassy mountains behind it and it at its core in the middle it's a dome but it's just much bigger i I think this is the very beginning of what he builds up and around it yeah the center of it looks exactly like it and yeah it's very green that's great
1: and the irony of ahsoka saying there is no place more safe in the galaxy than here with master luke yeah yeah that's good (laughs) that's rich Huh? Luke and Grogu, the training montage, there are some straight-up like shot-for-shot shot references to the the Dagobah training montage, being the flip with the backpack, which is the same backpack that Yoda was in. The, the climbing of the tree was very much like climbing the vine. It's a tribute. This is not the greatest song in the world. It, this is just it's a it's tribute. tribute. <laughs> yeah. God. It got me just bawling like a kid.
2: And the beast was done.
1: <laughs> okay. Speaking of... Luke tells Grogu, don't try, do. He spun it around. I also think it's interesting that Ahsoka refers to Luke as Master Luke, not Master Skywalker. Mm. Mm -hmm. Not that she won't ever call him that, but I think they deliberately didn't use that. She doesn't want to
2: say that that name out loud.
1: Yeah, because to her, that's Anakin, to say Master Mm -hmm. Skywalker. But I feel like she'll say it at some
0: point and we'll all bawl all the tears. I could see that being, like, a note, like, maybe it was Master Skywalker and Filoni was like, well, actually, <laughs> Master Skywalker would be Anakin. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean, it's like a, a Han Solo wouldn't say I love you too moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it again.
1: Say Master Luke, though. <laughs> but C-3PO does call him Master Luke, so it's not, like, totally unfamiliar. It still feels right, mm-hmm. you yeah, know? Yeah. feels right on on a couple different levels. The training remote of course, is the same one that Luke trained with in the Falcon. So do we know, was that was that just like something that Han had in there? Is that just like a universal thing? Like you have a Roomba, you have a training remote, you have an Alexa, you know?
0: <laughs> it is interesting because I feel like it shoots. So unless you're training on like sort of how Grogu was to avoid the shots, mm-hmm. but I don't really know what the practical use would be for like if that was on the falcon why han and chubby would have that it seems like a lightsaber training thing
1: yeah <laughs> patrick merton and 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 stacy in the chat are all caps yelling about anakin wasn't he ever a master <laughs> that's fact the the quote that we mentioned earlier it's more like he's did we mention this or was this in the pre-show when luke says it's more like he's remembering that i'm actually teaching him anything mm-hmm. and then ahsoka says Sometimes the
0: student guides the master. Like your dumbass dad. <laughs> <laughs> but that, God, dude, I, I cried so hard. Yeah. It was heavy. Well, it's great because he did have some training. We know that. So it is it is more about Luke didn't just teach him right there how to backflip. He's like, he, he did it already. He's just remembering. He's, he's been shut off from the force to protect himself.
1: Yeah. And all the times when, when Anakin was just being Anakin and Ahsoka would... Would be Ahsoka, you know, back to him and and check him on his shit. That's that's where that comes in, and that it was just, that was beautiful to me. Yeah. And then where it really gets sobby, Luke says, "Sometimes I wonder if his heart is in it." And Ahsoka says,
2: "So much like your father, dude." Yeah.
1: Yeah, dude. Just so here is the question: Did you both take that as Luke? You are so much like your father.
2: No. I I took it as her saying, Grogu is like your father. Yeah, same. Which is even more confirming day one, the Mandalorian
0: writer's room.
2: Hey, I have an idea. Bad Yoda.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That makes more sense because I was actually taking it the other way Mm -hmm. that she was talking to Luke. And I kind of was like, "Mm, what do you mean there? Yeah. So it actually does make sense.
2: Yeah, the dialogue wouldn't work as well as as him saying I wonder if his heart is in it mm-hmm. and she's saying, yeah, I know what I know what that's like.
0: Interesting. To be wondering. I like that. I'm glad you guys are smart cuz I was very confused <laughs> about that. I just was so distracted too with her saying father. I'm like, father means Anakin. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: this.
2: I Dude, love you. I, I, love this. I I think I think that's absolutely what I mean. We've we've been pretty good ballparking you know where stuff yeah, is going you could be wrong here but so it could be could wrong but I, I love the potential that that's exactly what it was and that that's exactly where it's going we just saw one little snippet from that order 66 that's the beginning of whoever did scoop maybe the clones scooped him up maybe they didn't kill him maybe he was tortured maybe he i don't know but whatever trauma that kid was put through to shut him off from the force this badly you know when when here we go. Ready? When the force awakens <laughs> yeah. in, the yeah. young, in that youngling, it's. It, I think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be bad, bad news. Danger. Darkness. All of that foreshadowing. Uh, there's no place safer than here with Master Luke Ahsoka feeling like he's all good. Mm-hmm. Like we have an Ahsoka show coming. Like it's all, and they wouldn't keep these characters in all of these. It's It's all happening for a reason.
1: Yeah. This is, Nick, like you're saying, watching real time like a 10-year version of the prequels a different part of the storyline we're watching everything get pretty cool for a minute and then crumble again to lead us into the next trilogy
2: and like you want to say one of of you guys said something earlier about like you can't make the kids cry too much or whatever because put yourself in a place where you're imagining like ahsoka striking grogu down right oh god right that's like no way but dude (laughs) Close your eyes and remember the little the cries of of the like the little Ewoks, you know, rolling through the leaves, yeah. getting blasted like they haven't shied away from killing cute little creatures uh, in Star Wars. You know, like he doesn't carry on into the next chapter of the saga. So something happens. He either flies away into the sunset or somebody kills him.
0: Yeah.
1: But
2: I, I think it's the other one. I think he's get, I think it's going to get gnarly. And dark.
0: I think an easy way to and a totally acceptable way and it exists in this bounty hunting universe is Carbonite. Oh. I think if you want Grogu and Ahsoka to be in the next movies, somehow this series maybe ends up with them in Carbonite and like Rey finding them in the next movie. And being like, what's up, guys?
2: You shut your mouth when you're talking <laughs> to me.
0: <laughs> I just got to go on record with my crazy speculation. because <sighs> I want to be right in five years.
1: Or Ahsoka puts him in carbonite and she just keeps him. And who knows how long to people t- typically live. Yeah. She could just be old as hell somewhere, just holding this frozen, dangerous baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. Either way, sign me up. Moving on in the den. Luke says to Ahsoka before she leaves will I see you again? And it had just the slightest inkling to me of a reference to Anakin asking his mother in The Phantom Menace, will I ever see you again? But instead of of saying, what does your heart tell you? Ahsoka just says, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) perhaps. (laughs) Essentially, perhaps. Next is a big one. Yoda's lightsaber that Luke presents to Grogu. This was a retcon because there's an issue of the Darth Vader comic I don't know if this is a canon comic or not. I don't know if this is a 2015 series or what. But in that comic, Masameda, who's the the Grand Vizier of the Empire, threw all the fallen Jedi lightsabers into a furnace. You know, essentially to say we're done with them on Coruscant. You know, like they own a mortuary with a (laughs) with a people burner in the back, and they threw a bunch of lightsabers (laughs) in it. So that is that has been retconned. Who knows how Yoda's lightsaber was recovered from his fight with Sidious because he lost it when he fell, but it's different now. Interesting. I didn't even think about that last night when I was thinking like, oh, Yoda's lightsaber had to have been on Dagobah, but I guess it was, and we just don't know how it got there, unless Luke recovered it, just like Ray got Luke's lightsaber from Maz. So we'll see how that pans out. But that, that's interesting to know. Going back to Tatooine. The Jawa transport, as Din swoops around it, buzzing the tower, Pete Mitchell style. They have a giant crate Dragon skull on top of that thing. Why the hell
0: wouldn't they just be dragging it behind? How do they get it on top? How do those little dudes... It's so funny. I don't it's know. It's amazing, but it's so ridiculous. How did they get that up there? I love the scale of it. Like, it's so big. Yeah. Like, it almost doesn't make sense yeah. that, like, the yeah. transport's not, like, tipping going over and over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And what do they want it for? It's, it's, I don't know. It's almost yeah. that that part just actually seems like comedy to me because I'm just like, what? Like, what is going on? What are they going to do with There's this? There's got to be some <laughs> kind of uh, like
2: crane apparatus yeah, on yeah.
0: the crawler that like pulled it up the side, and they,
1: you know, they're resourceful little dudes. And then the, you know the couple supervisors, the supervisor uh, Jawas in there that that are like running stuff. One of them's like, no, dude, trust me somebody's gonna buy this we're gonna make hell of <laughs> money and the other one's like dude how are you gonna even get it up there <laughs> fine fine you pull it up there i'm not helping so they got it and then we see like multiple times some really good shots the jawa's furry hands which we barely kind of saw in the last episode when pelly was talking all that weird stuff now we fully see they have these little like uh kind of like you know gorilla costume looking hands i hope we get to see a a hood a hoodless jawa yeah at some point java shower scene maybe <laughs> <laughs> most pelgo the town that Cobb vanth runs has been renamed free town which we learned in the episode this is another poll from a boba expanded universe
0: i think it actually comic i don't or book wait a minute i don't think this is eu i think it's the after the cop vanth was in the aftermath uh trilogy which is canon okay yeah
1: okay yeah so Canon, but pulled from a comic, mm-hmm. I guess we're
0: saying. A book. And the same place where Cobb
1: Vanth actually came from. And it was, I guess it was called Freetown in the book. And they're merging those things, right? Mm-hmm. That's dope. Something Mike noticed in the flashback there is a logo on the wall that is supposedly the logo for Barris Offie. Barris being the Jedi who turned on Ahsoka, framed her. She was involved in all the drama with Asaj. So Man, that's just like, if that's really there, that's
0: just adding to this pile of evidence. I'm looking now, there's definitely a logo on both sides.
2: It's like a little diamond.
0: It looks like kinda. it, yeah. So, if
1: she saved Grogu, if she was there, I mean, dude, the evidence is building. Last one here, Nick, plead your case on this.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm so, I'm so into There's a this. little bit of
1: disagreement. <laughs>
0: Well, Mark Hamill on Instagram like last week had four posts hashtagged Mark's mystery challenge and seemingly it was random, but we know he likes to play with fans and he's an old dude. So I, I just put myself in like this weird like dad joke mode and tried to figure out what he was doing. Don't act like you just put yourself into the dad joke <laughs> mode like you don't just, just exist in it. understood, honestly. So there's four <laughs> pictures. The first one is a picture of two stones like that you could sit on. So obviously now that we've seen this episode, Luke and Grogu sitting down on two stones facing each other. The next picture is just of a cloud. This one I didn't get until uh, Brian Massius on, uh, on Instagram or Twitter, I forget which one it was, told me if you flip up your, if you flip your phone upside down, it kind of looks like Grogu. Okay, that's like the least good one to me. The third photo is basically a Starbucks storefront with two Starbucks logos. And if you really think like Mark Hamill, a 60-something-year-old dude, you could look at the Starbucks logo and be like, that looks like Ahsoka. Or like maybe the first time he saw Ahsoka being like, you look like the Starbucks logo because your mantrails are striped. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Then the fourth one is just a picture of the McDonald's arches, which is a giant M. So to me, it's Luke and Grogu. Then just Grogu, then the Starbucks logo being Ahsoka, and then the McDonald's arches for Mandalorian. So or chicken nuggets,
1: yeah, could be.
0: <laughs> so I, I don't think know. That's more like I think he he obviously he can't get totally crazy with like what he was doing there. Yeah. So the they are fully off the wall, and he would never admit, but. That's how my brain's interpreting all of that. He was doing something leading up to this, you know, like it wasn't random timing.
2: Yeah, I think that tracks.
0: It's very QAnon of me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But he also
1: just announced that he had gone to Vancouver Mm -hmm. and even the McDonald's sign that he showed had a little Canadian logo on it. Mm -hmm. He's shooting the fall of the House of Usher for Netflix. It's an Edgar Allan Poe thing. Mm -hmm.
2: But he showed a totally different thing of like cryptic pictures for that one said figure this out and they were way more yeah. obvious there was just a picture of edgar Allan poe i don't know we'll see
0: and also the way i look at it because he ends it with this picture of like a welcome to vancouver sign to mm-hmm. the way i read this in my conspiracy brain right now is that he's covering his tracks to be like all of these meant i'm in vancouver which mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense what are right. two rocks like yeah so he's probably just not
2: like no matter how up. cryptic you are you still yeah. get in trouble
0: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who's smarter than all three of us combined. Deconstruct the riddle and add us and let us know if we're both wrong or (laughs) or both half right. All right. Let's wrap this up because we're going longer than we should. I love
2: you. I know.
1: Favorite scenes, moments, quotes. Sure. One each. Who wants to go first? That's easy. Favorite moment. Hands down.
2: Atop the bamboo shoot or whatever, closing your eyes, feeling the force and the Jedi Mm -hmm. game playing. I I was, dude, I was just a puddle of nostalgic Mm -hmm. (laughs) childhood goo. God, it was. And my favorite quote is most certainly, don't try, do.
0: (laughs) I mean. There was something about them being like up top on those bamboo trees, too. That something about that that particular scene in a deep fake sense looked the best to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, this was is incredible. Mark Hamill in 1983. Like, oh my goodness. It's probably because it was just unfiltered sunlight, you know, like yeah. there was
2: no shadows. There was no, it was just the sun hitting his face. So mm-hmm. it was easy to just sort of, you don't have to play with all the different lighting.
0: I'll tell you, man, deep, I know Favreau in the gallery episode kind of had like a dark two minutes where he talked about deep fake being like an issue in the future. Yeah. And last night there is some base level confusion in my brain, like apart from my personality of being Nick and having reasoning, you know, the ability to reason, there's a part in my brain that doesn't understand (laughs) <laughs> when I look at Mark Hamill and this shit, like there's a baseline confusion that my brain is like, that's fake. And it's just, it's scary, man. Yeah. This stuff will fall into, yeah. look at this, put it this way. The thing we love is going to be the, the. it's going to lead to the end of civilization. <laughs> <laughs> then developing deep fake to look this good, we could, the end of civilization is going to be on Lucasfilm's hands. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> it's and it, dude, here's a thing to think about,
2: and then you guys go with your favorite. I, I think the fact that we spent so much time with Luke this week, do you agree with me that like they're not backing down now? They're it's just yeah. like Luke can just be in the shows now all the mm-hmm. time from now until that was a lot. until we le- until he leaves for Octo, right? Like he can mm-hmm. just be part of the story. We can see him often and regularly, and they're gonna continue to improve the voice technology and it's just going to keep getting better and better, right? I, I don't, I don't see how they're not going to go. Well, we're they we're in this deep now. He's he's yeah. part of the show, so you know, or shows. I, I don't think it's a show anymore. This is one big story arc, all tying into some massive culmination pre the Force Awakens. That's what's yeah. happening. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. these are different books of the same saga. Yeah, yeah, dude. I I think Hamill being the kind of dude who owns that character so much and cares so much about that character and cares so much about this universe. It, it is such a significant part of his, his identity and his legacy. I was thinking about this today. I, I fully agree that what you guys are saying, he's just going to, he's going to be around wherever they can put him in. Cause Hemel's willing to do it. He's down. He's not only down to, to do the work, but I guarantee there's already been a conversation where Favreau and Filoni and Kathleen Kennedy and whatever were like, all right, if this, if this comes up, have the conversation, but don't go initiating a conversation like, Hey, what do we do after you die? But you do need to have the conversation. Let's at some point make this happen. You know, they've talked about like, okay, well, you're not going to live forever, but we want your character to live forever. Mm -hmm. I would bet that Mark Hamill has brought that up first, like whatever it's going to take.
2: He's fully, he's fully supporting this. And that's Mm -hmm. something that as a fan, you have to, you also should endorse it because it's his character. It's not yours. You don't, you don't get to complain or no, I'm sorry. Like, yes, everyone can have an opinion, but voicing it on this one doesn't matter. No one cares. No one cares what you have to say. Good or bad, indifferent. (laughs) Mark Hamill endorses this project and the, and the, if we're calling it deep fake version of Luke Skywalker. So that's all there. That's all that you need to know.
1: Just like Peter Mayhew mentored, Jonas and handed over, handed the baton to him to become the new Chewy. I would bet Hamill's really spending time with this actor or, you know, and he did with the other one, whoever ultimately looks like him enough and can pull it off enough to take the baton and wear the deep fake face, I feel like he'll be there on set in whatever capacity he can be until the day he dies. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing. So Nick, do you have a specific favorite scene or quote?
0: Uh, I mean, I can't get over the scene of Ahsoka and Luke talking. Like, just their interaction yeah. is so so heavy. Because in my, it's not even about what happened in that scene. It's about what it implies. Is that Ahsoka is the only person alive who can tell Luke and Leia. Yeah. And Leia about their father. Yeah. Again, there's a uh, I bring up this loophole of Force Ghost. That's always a loophole. Where are they? You know, where what are they doing? Who knows. But that is so heavy. And just going back to this deep fake thing, if Luke looks this good based off of a couple of years of footage of basically the original trilogy and they make him look this good, how could they not do the same with Leia, obviously? Han, sure. Mm -hmm. Think about the quality of film and the hours more footage they probably have of somebody like Hayden Christensen, Ewan McGregor. They are doing such a good job with such a small amount of footage to make Luke happen that they could do this for almost anybody at this point, especially from high definition cameras on. It's only going to look better and the world's going (laughs) to (laughs) end. And, you
1: know, it's just part of like a Marvel or Star Wars, you know, any kind of Disney contract now, you take on a role, they're fully scanning your face, they're they're getting all the assets they could mm-hmm. need to make you immortal, and saying essentially, hey, if you want to do this, the rights to your likeness are directly tied to the character, you you need to essentially sign off to let this character live forever with your likeness. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm cool with that, personally. I think the stories are worth more to humanity than the individual's likeness in the case of an actor. You know what I
0: mean? Absolutely. I back it. How is that any different, really? It's an exact parallel to being in a band and having your music live on after you're gone. You know, it's like you're an artist, you're an actor, and it's the same thing as a movie living on. Like, why wouldn't you... What does it really matter if they tell new stories as long as it's not like bad you know (laughs) as long as as it's not uh both bad as content but also evil spirited like mean spirited you know like right yeah um, bad for earth yeah exactly
1: my favorite scene is hard to nail down because it it's kind of like you're saying nick every interaction between ahsoka and luke like listen to those words that just came out of my mouth (laughs) yeah (laughs) interactions between ahsoka and luke it's crazy if that wasn't there, it would of course be every reference to Yoda. Every mm-hmm. time the theme came back and Luke saying something like, you know, he, he told him the quote and then said, that's how he talked. <laughs> you know, it's like very meta, but it's also perfectly in universe and, and sentimental and nostalgic without being pandering. It's just, it's great. It makes sense. He's not bringing up this guy. Cause he's some, some guy he's like, this was my master. Let me tell you about him. He looked just like you. So that stuff would be it. But, When I saw those two in the same place, when I saw Luke and Ahsoka just standing next to each other, I had, like, a full-body emotional experience. It's insane. I couldn't f***ing believe it. Even her first line to Mando when she said, I'm an old friend of the family, bro, tears. And referring to him as Master Luke, all of that, the thing, you know, we talked about earlier, so much like your father— it's just, I can't believe it's real. I can't f-ing believe it's real. They're
0: really going for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's all there is to it. They're... And it's because they can and because there's yeah. a plan. And it's, uh, you know, we, we talk about being patient all the time. And I for sure have been, I, I would like to think with the first four episodes of this series, I've just, the worst thing I've said is that I was just bored. But I wasn't hating Star Wars or impatient by any means. But you can fully trust wherever they're going because I think it's larger than our speculation. Uh, You know, I've I've said it before. It's like, you could really only speculate with the information that they give us, but there are people behind the scenes figuring out what the best story is. How could they surprise us? What turns could they take? We don't know that information. They're literally making it up. So patience for sure comes into play with star Wars, but please make it a five-year thing and not a 10 year thing. (laughs) I also just love
1: Rosario's, depiction her her performance the way she brings Ahsoka to live action
2: I feel like she captured more of the entirety of Ahsoka's character in her mannerisms and voice now than she did last time for sure I feel like she spent some more time with the character there were some very subtle there's a couple little laughs and things that Mm -hmm. felt like she's spent some more time in in Ahsoka's shoes you know it's different because you're not Doing an impression of another live action thing, right? Like, or or a real person. You know, if you're playing, doing doing a biopic and you're playing someone who's real that you can watch footage of, and the trick as an actor is to portray that person without doing an impersonation. It's a very, it's a really, really hard biopics are, yeah. I think, the hardest thing to do for for a you know a high level actor on a film actor like that to capture the
1: essence rather than. But the, this is this yeah. is
2: different because it was an anim- she she's interpreting ashley's performance vocally and the animators drawings of of her mannerisms yeah. so there's some level of impersonation that's acceptable i think because it this it's like she's ta- she's taking it the mannerisms from animation she, you didn't get to see the combination of a real human face making those vocalizations so I just feel like she spent some more time with the character. I hope. I hope she does more. I hope, I hope that right now, as we speak, Rosario Dawson is doing nothing but watching the
1: Clone Wars on repeat every day, all day. Yeah. She man. Last thing on that. There is something about taking all of that and then thinking, okay, where would she be now, and how do I portray that—that that wisdom from all that experience, and the confidence, and the wisdom, and the skepticism, and that—that that feeling of knowing. When to talk, how much to say, when to speak only with your face or with the force. She's just killing it. And I'm so stoked that it has all worked out this way. So that's all I'll say about that. And let's move on to wrap up stuff we talked about last week and some predictions. So we still don't know if the huts are a red herring, whether or not we'll see them anymore. We have to see, if this battle's happening, we have to see the Rancor next week. We have to see Boba on it.
2: Boba's riding into... A, an army of pikes on the back of a Rancor.
1: <laughs> yeah. No
0: doubt. And the Rancor is going to have a lightsaber. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Warrior woman still, we know she's not dead. Maybe she'll show, show up. And that's the, um, you know, that's the army of, of Irishmen and Braveheart coming down. Yes. You know, to, to reinforce the Scots. Great. It's my island. <laughs> that guy. Um, scars on the inside with Boba. This is all yet to be seen. What else? Is there anything else?
0: Bosk? we got to see Bosk. He's got to show up, right? Cad Bane's in the mix. we got to see this dude. I think we'll see them. I don't know about episode seven, but maybe eventually. What's the final episode? It's next week. Yeah. Okay. okay. Next week is the finale. Yeah. I want to say we're done with, obviously Din will be back on Tatooine as like a thug or whatever they called a muscle to help yeah. Boba. But I think we're done with Luke and Grogu for now. Like, I don't oh, yeah. think that I'll be shocked if that Grogu decision is, that's probably where Season three of Mando goes.
2: Yeah, I think we find out what that decision is some amount of time after it's been made, and some some events have occurred based on Mm. his decision. Yeah, like I don't think we pick back up in that room. You know,
0: right? Let's let's give ourselves a a pat on the back. I think that predictions. We let's say we predicted last week that because we were talking about Shamook and deep fakes and stuff like that. Yeah. So we predicted that. Yeah. We predicted this whole episode.
1: We'll put a W on that.
2: I've loved some, some of the stuff we've talked about tonight and we've talked about it before, but I I would be stoked if in a few years we're looking back and the original little kernel of an idea was, Mm. was like an evil, an evil Yoda. And that, that actually Mm -hmm. plays out in a very cool and meaningful way. And we look back and are like, hell yeah, we had that shit dialed in. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, I, I think it all goes back to this, this week's episode. I mean, small thing, small moment, but crushing that remote. The the darkness that has been deliberately shown. And and Nick, you referenced the mute, the score changes, you know? Mm -hmm. There's something there, man.
1: So I think it's it's tough to make predictions beyond, hey, there's going to be a battle and somebody's going to, you know, Boba's going to be on the rancor. But I would say for big surprises, we might get the Tuscans coming in, like I mentioned earlier. And then maybe like for a final cliffhanger, does Mace Windu show up?
0: Maybe he's the one who saved Grogu after all. You know,
1: that's what I'm saying because it cuts like right maybe there. That's where
0: that flashback is because mm-hmm. there's two things that one of two possibilities at the end of that Order 66 flashback with Grogu. Grogu uses his powers to get away, or someone swoops in, and that someone could be Mace. Someone swooped in. Yeah, I think so because we've seen him use his powers. You know, like with the flamethrower and whatever that wouldn't be that exciting if he just saved himself
2: it was very ambiguous the the flashback the order 66 flashback was ambiguous in the sense that when they when the clones were pointing to the end of the hallway we don't necessarily, we don't really know what that means we don't yeah like yes the camera angles alluded to you know grogu's facing one way and the clones are facing the other but we have no idea what vantage point he was watching that happen from are they pointing because someone did come in and scoop him up you know or are they pointing directly at Grogu? Like, there he is. Go get him. But if that's the case, why wouldn't they have just blasted him while he was sitting yeah, there? That totally was their, right? right? So I, I think that that's also deliberate. Every, every time we, not, I don't think we think this very often, so I use like the proverbial you, but every time you think something's not deliberate, it, it almost always turns out to be deliberate,
1: you know? There's a rule in filmmaking. Like, you never show something for no reason, yeah. You don't. I mean, th- there are things in the background that can kind of just be dismissed, but you never put something directly in frame or give direction to an actor to do something that has no purpose. Yeah, <laughs> just doesn't make any sense. All right, let's be done. Let's wrap up now. If you listener want more Star Wars, we have two other podcasts on the Thank the Maker Network, the Armor Party Podcast hosted by Mike Forrester. That's all about Star Wars costuming. We have Princess and Scoundrel hosted by Sarah and Steven Maciel. Sarah's a travel agent. That's all about Galaxy's Edge and Disney Park going. They're both great podcasts. They come out on Tuesdays. They alternate the two of them. They're biweekly podcasts. Check them out anywhere you get podcasts. If you want to follow our podcast on social media, it's at ThankTheMaker on Twitter. It's at ThankTheMakerPod on Instagram. All of my stuff is at AdamTheSkull. Mine is at William Ryan Key.
0: All my social media is at Nick Bayside and episode 31 of the radio radio show is out right now. I'm having a blast. People are having a blast. Come listen to music with me. It's fun.
1: If you want to support this podcast, you can support us directly on Patreon at patreon.com slash thank Three different tiers, three different levels of access, exclusive merch, access to the discord server, additional content, all kinds of great stuff. Patreon.com slash thank the or If you don't want to support us financially in that way, share it on social media. Tell people about the podcast. Let people know that you have a great podcast about Star Wars that you love and they should listen to. And or leave us a rating on your podcatcher of choice. Spotify does ratings now. Hit us up. Patrons, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Dudes, thank you for hanging. Dave Filoni, thank you for making our lives. And until next week, may the force be with you.